Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear the story of someone strong enough to bear it all. The Naked Podcaster is a representation of freeing yourself, giving you permission to be real in all your quirkiness, baggage, struggles to success, and tragedy to triumph. I'm so excited you're joining the journey. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. I do marketing strategy. I really like getting into the like authentic marketing type thing, um, really letting their personality shine. And then I do a lot of mindset. My background is in counseling. So that really informs the mindset piece of what I do with clients. I want to talk about that because you actually have a master's degree. It's like, I have this little degree in the background, but <laughs> you have your master's. It's no little. Yeah. So let's go back. Well, we can go back further than that if you want to, but I definitely want you to touch on what made you get, what master's degree you have, what made you get that one and how you used it in your previous life before this. Yes. Okay. So we are going to go back to... Me in college, I studied psychology and marketing and couldn't decide if I wanted to be a therapist or a lawyer. <laughs> of course, firefighter <laughs> or brain surgeon, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, whenever I see people talking about how they're multi-passionate and it's hard for them to pick something, I can totally relate because look at that. It took me um, multiple different tries to figure out marketing. It was the second thing I wanted to do. I knew psychology going in, but I dabbled in many other things like art history and <laughs> human resources, like all kinds of random stuff before I settled on marketing just to get out of college. <laughs> I had to make a choice. So I studied those things. My first job out of college was for a nonprofit. Um, I was managing a program there and really was bored. <laughs> yeah. I think that they were paying me uh, full-time and keeping me there full-time for something that was really a part-time job. And in my boredom, decided to brainstorm how to make this program better because I was in charge of it and it was losing money. And it was a nonprofit. They didn't really seem to care. That was not part of my job. Uh, but I was like, no, this can be better. So came up with this whole proposal, presented it to the president of the organization. He loved it. We made the changes and it started making $30,000 a month <laughs> instead of losing money. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's not actually always good for a nonprofit. I know, but hopefully they figured it out because shortly after I left, and this was very petty. And this is how you know I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. I didn't get a raise after this happened. And I was oh. just like, goodbye. <laughs> I don't think I that's petty at all, actually. <laughs> I left on very polite and good terms. It was a large organization. So it wasn't my bosses that had that control. But it was just so soul-killing to me to not get any kind of incentive or reward or anything for instead of playing solitaire all day doing something really amazing <laughs> so yeah I mean out of the three hundred sixty thousand dollars a year you increase their profit you'd think that they could give you 12 I mean like right. <laughs> and I would have been over the moon about like five honest right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just that's crazy okay but then in your mind I, and I, I really don't think that that's petty that's pretty amazing you would think they'd be overjoyed and ecstatic but I can see where you would like the challenge and you'd want to go and either replicate that somewhere else or so what happened from there so what happened from there is a lot of things very quickly. I decided to go back to school to get my degree. So I got my master's in counseling at that time. Um, we also decided, because I was married at this time as well, decided now's a great time to have a baby. I think because I was bored, to be completely honest about it. Like it was not like some well thought out decision. It was like, what's next on life's to-do list? I guess it's a baby. That was how deep the thinking went for me at that time. Um, and then this was also around the time that the economy was 
taking a turn <laughs> for the worse. The 2008-ish so, era? Yes, it was. Yeah. And at this time, my engineer husband was working in very fancy construction for large buildings, um, which they stopped building. So we, he lost his job right after I had quit and was in grad school and was pregnant. And so we decided let's move. So we moved from the DC area to Colorado where his family was and restarted. And this is where the people don't like to hire pregnant ladies piece comes in. <laughs> and I ended up a stay at home mom. Um, our family's income was much lower than it had been the year before. And I was also struggling with postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay, so wait, stop and tell me about that. Cause that's, I mean, I've been pregnant a bunch of times and that does not, what is that? Talk to yeah. me about that. So most people hear about postpartum depression, but being pregnant, having a baby can trigger all kinds of mental illness. As I learned, even though I had a master's in counseling, I did not know this until it happened to me. Um, but I was very fixated on the fact that I was going to be murdered <laughs> in my own mind. I really okay. this. Wow. And so I wouldn't leave the house. I wouldn't even shower and like leave the baby in the other room. Like if I did that, cause I was disgusting and like really needed a shower, I'd be crying and freaking out the whole time. Um, checking the locks constantly, even though I knew they were locked, I would still go double check just in case maybe they slipped open, <laughs> which locks don't. Yeah. Get. Just <laughs> randomly pop unlocked. Okay. Right. Right. And just lots of panic attacks. So it was a really difficult time and needless to say, I was not building a career during that time. I was surviving. I was you know, doing what I could to get through each day. God, Samantha, and, how awful. I mean, that's really yeah. awful. Okay. That you don't expect when you're like, I'm this high achieving lady. Things are tough right now, but we'll get through it. Oh, wait, just kidding. I'm going crazy right now. <laughs> how is your husband through all this? You guys had moved closer to family. Was that helpful? It was. It was really helpful during that time. Um, his job at that time was really challenging. He wasn't able to be as present with us as he wanted to and as I wanted him to be. Um, but we are just really great friends. You know, I feel like above and beyond anything else, that's what's always there. And so through that, he was really my only friend and my main support. So I don't know what I would have done really. I mean, he wasn't there during the day, but at night, like he was very supportive. All of his needs went to the wayside or maybe, I don't know, <laughs> maybe he had some kind of life going on, but I was just so in my own thing um, that it was just all about getting me healthy. Okay. So how did that happen? That's my next question. How did, how that's, cause that is huge. Yeah. So it took about five months to realize what I was going through was not normal. <laughs> and at that point, I really just had a breakdown on the phone with my doctor because I realized this is not, this is not normal. Um, I don't know how I had that realization, but I did. So I called her crying. Somehow she understood what I was saying and then they were able to get me on a treatment plan. So I was going to therapy regularly and I also was on medication and, you know, six or so months of that, finally I started to feel like myself and like a human being again. This is a year, a one year, pro that's a long, hard year. And you're not working. Yeah. You have no friends. You're not getting it. So everything that you used to do that probably kind of fed your self emotionally mm -hmm. you you're not you moved to a new place you're not doing any of that yeah holy cow and how old's the baby at this point he's a year okay and so then, it happened right after he, it started right after right. okay yep and then right around this time i get pregnant unexpectedly with <sighs> my second and i'm just like shit 
I can't <laughs> go through all of this again. I literally just started to feel like a human being. Yeah. So there was a lot of emotion there as well of like, I can't do this again. Right. What, what's going on? Like, this is not what I want. This is not going to be good for me. I can't do this. And shared that with my doctor. And she was like, Hey, I think that you're experiencing depression during pregnancy. Oh my God. (laughs) So I got to experience that as well. Super. Um, But because we discovered it so quickly, it was so much easier and they were able to find, um, you know, a, a medication that I could safely be on while pregnant that would not be too much risk for the baby. Um, and it ended up being a much happier pregnancy and a much easier postpartum time and a much easier baby. So all of that was good. And my oldest had gotten his act together. He was very colicky, but by the time the second was born, he was a very sweet toddler. So things were much better than I expected once the second was born. And it wasn't as much of a life ruining situation as it felt when I first saw the pregnancy test. (laughs) Which is funny because you're like, yeah, the next step will probably be having a baby. It's going to bring, when people who haven't had kids say things like, it would just, you know, it would just complete my life. It would just bring me so much joy. And I'm like, run. (laughs) Although that's not that's true. I, I love my kids. I don't regret any of it. I would do it yeah. all over again. It does bring joy. But what you're missing is the other piece that you, you're going to do something that's more difficult than anything you've ever done. And it's thankless. And you better brace yourself for the impact because it's, yeah, you have the joy and yeah, it does complete certain parts of you, but it does an awful lot more that you're not expecting. So it's like being bitch slapped from behind, you know, like, oh, here's your joy. And by the way, it comes with the side of whatever the issues are that, because we're all so different. It is really hard to be a parent. So here Mm -hmm. you were checking the box, which a lot of people I think do, or they go into it thinking it's going to be a little more glamorous than it is. There's nothing glamorous. There's, God, I mean, <laughs> you know, I go into a doctor's office now and they're like, we'll give you a minute to change. And I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. My feet are going to be over my, my, behind my neck in just a minute. Like, I don't care. I have no, Do if I was care. ever self-conscious before, like, there's nothing. What do you want to see? I'll just, let me just save you the time. I'll just show it to you now. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have any privacy of any part of your life once you have kids. Mm-hmm. That isn't a bad thing. That isn't one of the things I think is negative, but it is a surprise. Yeah. So Total surprise. parenting it, is a surprise. It is because you really think you know how it's going to be. And I just love to say people without kids are the best parents out there because they just have so many opinions about how they're going to do it. So right. They're going to be so much better than all of us with the crying babies on the plane. Their child would never do that. <laughs> or the temper tantrums in the, in the store, you know. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's just like one small piece. You know, yeah. there's just so much to it that is just not what you expect it's going to be. No. And you're coming from a different perspective. I don't have my master's in therapy. That, mm-hmm. It wasn't my job ever to make people feel better in that capacity. Like you were geared to make – and how much of a struggle is that if you can't even make yourself happy? Mm -hmm. Where were you? I mean, did, how much did that all play into it? Yeah. You know, I think there's still a little bit of head scratching on my part of like, how did I sit in that for so long and not realize that wasn't normal, (laughs) you know, but when you're in it, you can't see your own BS when you're sitting there in it. It just is like, well, this is the reality I'm in. I hear people kind of describe it as like a fish in a fishbowl. They don't realize they're in water, but we see like, oh, they're in water because they're fish. (laughs) Right. Well, I also think, yeah, you can't step away from your own stuff. And since I started my own business three years ago, I realized that whether I call myself a coach or not, every coach needs a coach. And so I'm guessing for therapy, it's quite similar. I mean, there's no one person that's at the top of the pyramid that's just got their act so together that they can just dictate to the rest of us. It doesn't work that way. 
Mm -hmm. I totally agree. So I don't hold on to any kind of shame or anything about it. I, I know everything that happened was leading me to where I am now. And it is kind of sad, I think, to look back and think my 20s were really marked by thinking that, first of all, having kids was going to do something positive for me. <laughs> and, and it's positive now. But then, like, it really made my 20s all about babies and mental illness. You know, people ask me in my 40s, because when you're younger, what old is in your 40s, right? You're like, you can't, because you can't imagine at 20 getting to your 40s. And, mm -hmm. and when, I, when my kids are like, well, you're old, and I'm like, yeah, but I feel better than when I was, quote, young. Because yeah. in my 20s, I was pregnant and breastfeeding, and I, I mean, I wasn't struggling with the mental illness. I was divorced. I was a single mom. Like, I had a hysterectomy at 33 my life in my 20s when people are like, oh, it's so great. That was the toughest physically and emotionally on me. Once I hit like 35-ish, oh my God, mm -hmm. I was like, no, this is, this is where it's at. And it's only gotten better from 35, even 33 when the hysterectomy happened until now I'm getting ready to turn 48. And so that's mm -hmm. so interesting to me where people think it's so much easier in their 20s. That's when life is happening. I'm like, God... Those were hard years. Those are hard years. They are hard years. And I think that they're hard even if you're not going through the things that we went through. Before I did business coaching, I did life coaching and I worked with mostly women in their 20s. And they're either doing it how we did it or they're feeling like they're falling behind or they don't know their purpose or their whatever. So many things. I think it's just hard. I think it's like that, that weird growing up phase where you're not a kid and you're trying to be an adult and you don't know what the hell you're doing and you haven't accepted that that's what life is yet. You're still like, when am I going to figure it out? And you haven't realized never, <laughs> <laughs> never, never. It doesn't matter how many, when, when we have kids that go to college and stuff, I really want them to go. It's, probably more for the experience of that mm -hmm. section of their life than it is the education, sadly. Yeah. But the reason is because the education's great and it's fine, but it's probably going to morph into something different over time. So I'm not as concerned with the degree that they're getting as I am with the experience that they're gaining. Yeah. That. And we get that because we're on the other side of that. And I'm like, no, go move into the dorms. Have a roommate you can't stand. Yes. Take all of the classes you never knew you wanted, that you were interested in. Like if you're remotely, because those experiences are what's going to really shape your life, not the degree. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're in Colorado. You have no friends, but you get your <laughs> shit together. <laughs> I do. <laughs> sort kids, of. <laughs> sort, well, the kids are better. What's yeah. the next step? Is the next step... Where were you at with staying home with your kids compared to working? Because I stayed home for over a decade and then I went back to work yeah. and I love both. Yeah. So I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and absolutely hated it. It was a dark time for me. Even when I was mentally sound and the kids were good, it was still just like, this is not for me. Um, but I couldn't figure out even with a master's degree. And I think it was kind of the economy and the fact that I had moved across country um, and my the college that I went to was very popular on the East Coast, very popular in the DC area. And people in Colorado were like, is this real? Is this online? What'd you do? <laughs> so I would interview for all these jobs, not get them or apply for these jobs and not even get an interview. I should count how many we received very many qualified candidates emails that I received because it's so many. Yeah. Um, but I just couldn't figure out you know, how do I get back into the workforce, period, but also then pay for childcare and not end up in a situation where I'm paying to go to work. So I started experimenting with work from home opportunities. <laughs> Which I think is, we all have, because isn't that the best mm -hmm. of both worlds? Well, yeah, you think it's going to be. Mm -hmm. It's like a cake and people, eat it. Right. But many of these opportunities really don't pan out. So I did like surveys, I did blogging, um, network marketing, which I actually made money from. 
and it was a valuable experience for me, um, but ultimately not what I wanted to do. And around that time when I was trying to figure that out, I heard a podcast episode and the woman being interviewed was a therapist who had launched an online life coaching business and employed coaches and worked with young women and everything about it. I thought, this is what I should have invented, but also I need to get in now. So I pulled over the car on the side of the road very dramatically <laughs> to look her up and email her and see if she was hiring for new coaches. And she was. She hired me trained me to be a coach, kind of in the differences between counseling and coaching, and started giving me clients. Wow. That's seriously a dream come true. When was yeah. this? What year about? This was in 2015. Okay. I mean, holy cow, that's a dream come true. Like, I need her number, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. We all want her number. <laughs> yes. We all so, want her number. <laughs> holy cow. That's, am that's amazing. And you'd even done other stuff. Like you did cold call sales, a sewing oh business. <laughs> I did door to door sales for a while. Like remember Groupon, there was a million other Groupon clones out there and I was a part of one of them. And it's whole thing was that it used moms to do all of the sales. So they were like, it's fine if you have a stroller with your babies going door to door to businesses pitching. And I did. So I was doing that door to door sales and like cold calling and stuff for that business. I and mean, you went in deep. You went to the dark yeah. side. Yeah, I did. I really did. But I learned so much about sales. I was good at it. Which is amazing. I mean, that's a phenomenal thing to learn. So, okay. Sorry. I just, I knew it went really dark. You went really into like, because I've in, in my time in that it's like telemarketing, cold calling insurance, all the things that I hate to be approached by are the jobs that you get offered when you're yes. a mom who's trying to have a more flexible schedule. And there's, I, I just can't, I just have never been able to do it, but you went to the dark side. I did. And I mean, these jobs are garbage. They're total garbage, but this is what I had to choose from at that time. Right. Which is awesome. So you get in touch with them, you get hired and you got clients and you loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I would be on sessions with clients and it was all video and just having this feeling of this is what I am meant to do, God, which I never had that feeling before. And well, okay. So not only have you never had that feeling after what you've been through, what was that like? So good. Like, wow. I saw this through. I'm on the other side. I am fulfilled in something. I wasn't making a ton of money, but like, I didn't have to work to get the clients. They just were given to me and I just showed up and talked to them and then was <laughs> getting paid for it. Right. And you got to use all the things you love. Now, were you mostly working with women? You were mostly working with women at that point. Yes. Okay. Handful of male clients, but mostly women and ages like 18 to into their fifties and sixties, but mostly in their twenties. Wow. That's crazy. Just trying to figure, cause you're life coaching. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and life, co I, I had a life coach once. It was an interesting experience. Um, I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't do it that way again. It taught me a lot about how I don't like to do things as much as how mm -hmm. I do. So I get it. But the thing about life coaching that I liked was that, you, you know, you, um, it's somebody who helps you figure out what you want. Cause it's like the fishbowl thing again, right? Yeah, totally. Exactly. Like, like the fishbowl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So where did you go from there? Cause this is so exciting. Well, from there, my little, entrepreneur side got to me again because it was like looking at her business seeing things I would want to change but it's her business <laughs> and her brain and my brain work very differently she is actually not as much of an entrepreneur even though she has a successful business that's not what she really loves about it and um, if she could have somebody to just run her business and do all of that stuff for her, she'd be really happy. So um, she'll say like, what happened with this? It was just like total luck, like just stars aligned and things came together. So 
um, I got a little annoyed. I still, I'm so grateful for her and the experience and she can run her business however she wants. But I knew that I wanted to do things differently and I wanted to be able to control my income a little more and make as much as I wanted to make and raise my rates after three years of coaching when I knew my skills were pretty hot <laughs> compared to how they were when I started. So I decided to start my own business. And, um, originally as a life coach, again, with no real clear niche, <laughs> no real clear message, and also not very consistent about showing up in the world to do my business. Um, I worked on my website a bunch. I created these elaborate courses, but I talked to no one really about it. So obviously I didn't get clients <laughs> and uh, was like, what's going on? How come no one wants this amazing thing? Cause they didn't know about it. So I learned a lot of things the hard way. This is the hugest part of a business because you can be absolutely the best at what you're doing. And if nobody knows about you, it doesn't make any difference. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the website's important and the courses are, all of it's important, but you can stay super busy and I hate that word, but you can really direct yourself to get all of those less important things done and feel productive and not make money because we're, we've, I, probably every one of us has been in that trap. Yeah. But you, absolutely. you have a marketing background on top of <laughs> I yeah. don't know if you, I don't know if you know that, but yeah, I do. And also a background of being able to come in and evaluate something and make little changes to make it super effective. So I was like, well, this sucks. I thought I knew this stuff. <laughs> is it different doing it for yourself than someone else? Is it that it same is. thing where you're okay? Yeah. The same thing is. with recognizing your own depression, right? Yeah. Okay. Totally. So what changed is that I hired a coach. Uh, obviously that is a helpful thing, getting those eyes that are outside of your situation. And she really just said, you need a clear niche and message and you need to consistently show up and talk to people about what you're doing. And I did those things. I put a limit on my website, like no more website work and started talking to people and started getting clients. Wow. And it was just like a switch flip. So did you get a VA for all of your website stuff? Did you hire no. somebody? How did, no. how did you navigate all of that? Like balancing the workload? Yeah, or? and and marketing yourself. I mean, you hired the coach. Go. Can you go into a little bit more detail on specifically how you delegated your time or sometimes it's not time. It's um, like your to-do list and then how really how you started reaching out to people that wanted to hire you. Yeah. Okay. So with the to-do list, the coach that I worked with is really fantastic at time management. So she helped me really figure out like what's going to be the most important thing to move your business forward Let's focus on that. Let's get that in your calendar. And like I said, the website stuff, I put a limit. I didn't let myself work on it for several months, even though I shifted from life coaching to business coaching at this time, my website was still all life coaching and people just didn't go to it. I would just talk to them. They would hire me and my website was a non-issue. So it was almost like I didn't have a website for a couple months and how I met people initially was in Facebook groups. Mm. Because I got advice once from a coach and she said, um, it's kind of cliche, but she said, find your tribe. But mm -hmm. I mean, as a woman entrepreneur, there's a lot of loneliness in that. Yeah. And um, I wanted to find my people. And that's an ongoing process. I haven't, mm -hmm. it's not like a one and done. Because sometimes, like you said, you switch from life coaching to business coaching. So you're, your demographic can shift a little bit, but also your business morphs with you. It grows with you. So, but finding my tribe until she said that I didn't realize how lonely it was. So Facebook groups, that's where she told me to start. So I just, I love hearing those same things over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. So now, how did you find your people? Yeah, I mean, just so I in the Facebook, Facebook group. <laughs> it, I mean, trolling might be <laughs> positive trolling. Um, so I was in these groups. I joined like 60 of them. This, I mean, this is like not how I tell people to proceed. Okay. I really, with my clients, I'm like, there needs to be a balance, but I'm the kind of person that just like throws my whole self into it. So to me, like being in the Facebook groups all the time did not feel like a drain. It was very energizing for me. Um, but some of my clients are more of introverts or maybe, I don't know, want more time with their family than I did. But I was just like, I'm going to make this work and I'm going to work on it all the time. So, so I wouldn't say follow this story is the disclaimer. But um, I like but that I would, actually. I like that yeah. you did it one way and you know that there's a better way. I think this is fantastic. So yeah, for sure. Um, I like the hustle and I don't think the hustle is all the way necessary. I think there's a way to do it less and still be really successful. Um, but I was in all these groups. I would look for women who are trying to get a business going So this was initially working with people who wanted to launch a business because it was like, I know that I can launch a business. I set up my business very quickly because I didn't let myself do too much mind drama about it. So I know that I can help people set up their business quickly. So I wasn't trying to like teach something that I had just failed at, um, (laughs) which I felt weird about. Uh, So I met women who were trying to get a business launched. Um, gave them some advice, gave them just value, and then would invite people who continue chatting with me onto a call. And I did that all day, every day for several months. And that's how I got those initial few clients because they liked what I had to say. We got on the call, we connected, and they hired me. Because that's not an easy way to do it. That's not easy. I I agree. Like that's not labor intensive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it did Um, work. (laughs) Well, that, but that's good because, and that's how you needed it to work, which is that that's awesome. I mean, I know somebody Mm -hmm. who did 480 coffee meetings in one year. I, I can't like physically, I can't wrap my mind around meeting 480 people for coffee in a year. That's Mm -hmm. not how I want to do it. It worked phenomenally for her, but that's not how she tells people to do it. So it's the same thing. So in the meantime, just as a side note, how old are the kids at this point? And are there any more? Because I I mean, I know the answer to that, but. (laughs) Yes, there's no more. There's just, well, I guess the third came along when I was first starting life coaching. She was born in 2014. So she was born right before I had that podcast moment. Um, and so she had, she already existed by this point. She was one or two. And then my boys were, I don't know, six, four, something like that. And that's going better. And your third pregnancy, you didn't have any depression issues or I didn't during the pregnancy. I did right after she was born and I found myself hiding my urge to cry from the nurse. And then I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? (laughs) So immediately got back on my antidepressant and all of that and then proceeded happily from there. So I had learned my lesson about trying to pretend I was strong and fooling everyone. And I didn't do that. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, that's good. You were very honest about it, which I love. It's hard for us to be real in those moments, but I wanted to make sure we had that. And your husband's doing fine. Family's doing fine. Yes. He's upgraded his career. He's got a great work-life balance. And so this was kind of the key when I was first starting my business. He was in a job where he could go in really early and get home at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And then Wednesdays, he worked from home and every other Friday he had off. So I really had my working hours set up for me around his schedule plus nap time. And he didn't mind if it was like a trade-off when he got home and I was like, okay, I'm going to the computer now. He is just always really supportive of whatever I'm up to. 
That's amazing. Well, that, and that's huge. And I wanted to make sure we got that information in because I love that. Um, I have that same support. You know, when your biggest fan is the person that you're spending the most of your life with, that's a very yeah. good thing. So yeah. that's always a really good thing. Okay. So you're doing it on the side. So I, I know because you're doing coaching, you're not giving too much away. How do you tell people to do it different than you did it? Yeah. So I actually tailor that to the client mm. and what their business is and who their ideal audience is and how they're going to shine best. That's kind of how we make that decision. So I don't have a formula of like post this in 12 Facebook groups, five times a day. I think that's so gross. It's so <laughs> gross. It's yeah. so gross. Yeah. So I have some clients who the Facebook thing totally works for. Mm -hmm. I have some who, honestly, this is going to sound crazy. Cold reaching out really works for. I had one who um, knew that she really wanted to work with a certain demographic who was very active on Instagram. And she reached out to them cold. Almost every single one of them responded to her politely like holy cow, five percent responded politely. Then like fifteen didn't respond, so she got no rude comments. And then like half of those signed up with her. That's how. So that's outstanding. Yeah, when it's the right thing, it works, and when it's not the right thing, it's a disaster. So that's why I really try to work with my clients on like what is you, and what is the people that you want to work with, and how do you connect with them. And it, it really is that principle of talking to people, talking to a lot of people. And there's so many different ways to do that effectively. That's so fun. I'm so glad. I didn't know the answer. So I'm just as surprised as everybody listening <laughs> that there's no formula. Like, thank God, because the formula, um, they work. They have statistics backing them. There's lots of different mm -hmm. formulas and ways to do things. And that's fantastic, except you're right. Like they don't work for me necessarily or for the next yeah. person. They do work if you do them, but not well. And if, you, if it's going yeah. against, if it's rubbing you wrong, it's never going to feel good. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would hate doing it. Which is why yeah. I loved the Facebook groups because it was me. Right. And if it's not me, then cool. There's another way out there. And I think that's where I, um, us, us women entrepreneurs get kind of stuck. Like that whole thinking out of the box from the formula that's presented to you. I won't do anything on my website that I don't like. So if I go to a website and it's, there's a pop-up every time I move my mouse and I, I will never do a pop-up on my website because I hate it. Even if statistically that is the number one way to get people to sign up, I will not do it. So I love that you kind of cater to all of that, mm -hmm. you know, cause we all, we all respond differently. So now you've got the three babies in the schedule. Is the schedule still the same? It kind of works around. Tell me how it's changed. No, the schedule is different now. So all three babies go to school five days a week. <gasps> no, isn't that yeah. life-changing, blissful? So life-changing. I feel so bad for my clients who have young, young children still or babies because I'm just like, I get it. I've been there, but this is so much better. <laughs> oh my gosh. People are like, they post pictures in August we're going to get the influx of Facebook pictures of like, I'm so sad and my kids are going to school and I'm over here like doing a happy dance. I'm like, yes, yeah. I love it. I equally love the summer and the time off, but oh God, I'm so relieved because then I know I have from nine o'clock to two thirty. Yep. Same. It's amazing. So that's changed everything, obviously, for my business. And now it really feels less like a hobby that I'm squeezing into the corners and more like this is a job that I invented for myself and I drop the kids off and then I come home, go upstairs into my office, sit at my desk with my computer and my mic and like all of my professional equipment and show up to my job. I love and it. It feels really good. I, you know, I couldn't find this out in the world and I made it. And that's so fulfilling. And I don't, I don't want people to feel like we're 
downplaying. I, I love my kids and I'm very much there in the morning and I'm very much mm-hmm. there when they come home. And yeah. I think I feel so much more passionate about that time because I have my six hours yeah. carved out for me because we're all different. I am very deliberate about my time. And so on that schedule, I wrote a book in two months on that mm-hmm. schedule. You, you know what? Like you can do amazing things when you get the right fit that clicks for you. And I love loving them in the morning and loving them when they come home and being excited for that because yeah. I get the rest for me. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like where you're coming from too. And I loved it when I stayed home for 10 years and had toddlers too, but it was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm jealous of every woman who loves being pregnant and loves staying home with kids. Cause I'm just like, what is that like? <laughs> See, I did, but I'm, I, I think women, and I want to ask you this question from a coaching perspective. I think women are sad about it because their identity becomes their pregnancy and their kids. And so when kids grow up and leave home at 18 and graduate, they're devastated. What am I going to do with my life? And I never fell into that trap because we're so, we're so multifaceted. I'm different. If I went and hung out with my best friend at a local bar right now, I'm not going to be the same personality that I am with you on this phone call, Mm -hmm. nor with my kids in an hour. So I maintained all of my facets pretty equally, I think, which was a blessing because if you lose that identity to being pregnant and having that baby, if that's not around, it would feel like you have nothing. So don't be too jealous. I mean, I super loved the pregnancy and the 10 years of staying home and the three kids in diapers and the, I loved, I loved every minute of everything and I was never sad to see it go. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I think a lot of women lose out. Either they're, they're not like you. They don't admit they don't like it. Mm-hmm. So they're miserable or they love it so much. They lose themselves. Yeah. I see that. I think that's really interesting. And I love how you said that you really loved each phase, but wasn't sad to see it go. I think that that is the best way to approach parenting because each phase is going to grow or go as they grow. And there's something to love about each phase, you know, even if it's really hard, even if it's like that newborn that's waking you up every 45 minutes to eat, they are so cuddly and soft and sweet. And you never get that level of cuddles back ever again. (laughs) But you have that perspective because it was difficult for you to navigate. And I had the the same perspective because I loved it so much. And so I think women really need to be a little kinder to themselves. Oh, yeah. Through all of that. Okay, so I want to finish and bring it back to where you're at right now. But really the people that you want to help and how you help them. Because that has changed over the last few years. So jump in on that. Yeah. So like I said, when I was first starting, it was this vague life coaching and then it was helping moms to launch a business. And since then I've really shifted because I have had so many more lessons and transformations in my own business. Um, I feel much more equipped to coach in more areas. So I'm still helping women launch businesses but I'm also helping women who have kind of maxed out the dollar per hour capability in their business and need to scale. And I help them figure out the right way to scale. Again, not a formula, but it's really tailored to what they need and what they want to do. And we scale the business. So I have one client right now. She started working with me in the spring and she really wanted to do courses. And she, she doesn't actually want to do courses. She was just like, I heard that I should be doing courses. Let's do courses. And we started going down this road and realized pretty quickly, you don't want to do courses. Everything that you have to do to be successful scaling using courses is your nightmare in business. Like that marketing hustle, like not having interaction with people, All of this stuff is all the stuff you really dislike. So maybe that's not going to be for you. So we we decided with her to do a different model. And with each client that I have for that, it is different. 
somehow, you know, either they've decided let's grow a team or um, let's sell a product. Um, I have one who's a virtual assistant who has decided she wants to now help moms because she's a mom um, launch their own virtual assisting businesses. And she has a program that she walks them through. So there's so many different ways to do it. And she's another one that she came to me wanting to do courses. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like there's a lot of courses info out there and it just maybe isn't the right fit for everyone. No, nothing's the right fit for everyone. And yeah, I mean, I've gone to seminars where this is how you grow and it was all in courses and it was a phenomenal, intense three-day seminar. And I, but I, what I learned is that I don't want to do courses. I mean, you know, but that doesn't mean you never will or that it's never going to be right or that it's not possible, but it definitely, you definitely have to cater it to yourself. And if you don't know that, you're just having a baby because that's the next step. Yes, totally. <laughs> don't have a baby because that's the next step. <laughs> no, all of my friends who are, you know, talking about babies and stuff, I just try to be really real about it and this is going to sound so terrible, but I always get a little disappointed when a friend gets pregnant because it's like, there goes our friendship for <laughs> 10 years or whatever. <laughs> it is different. I know right now my best friend is visiting from Texas, but my eight-year-old has a month off of school in October mm -hmm. randomly, mm -hmm. right? And she and the other friends of ours that have older kids or kids that are gone or what, I, like I'm stuck at home the whole mm -hmm. week she's here while they're having shenanigans. And part of me is like, it's totally cool because this is my life and I really love my life. And part of me is yeah. so pissed. And so last night I'm like, so uh, Dane, uh, tomorrow um, I'm taking off and uh, maybe <laughs> the next day. And like, cause it's been three days and I'm going to lose my mind if I keep watching the shenanigans. Oh, they went to yoga yesterday without me. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I, so I, I told, I'm that mom half the time and my kids are older. So yeah. man, it's hard, but you know that it's hard. Yeah. So what a great friend. Yeah. And I am for sure that friend where they know that they can come to me when things are hard or, yeah. you know, when they're like, Hey, I just realized that I've been crying every single day. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, I can help you with that. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Well, and okay. So what I love is that every entrepreneur I ever interview takes what they've been through and and gives birth to this business. And it's very much a giving birth process, which you can relate to because oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little painful and you don't know what to expect and it's oh, not going to be what you think. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so now you turn around and pay that forward to help other people do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. Give me some advice out there or tell us some advice for those people who are struggling in their business. Oh my gosh. Well, I think it does depend on exactly what they're struggling with, but I'm kind of at a point now where my mind is a little blown by what's happening in my business and it's beyond what I had hoped for or imagined was possible. And so I've been like really reflecting a lot on those really hard times when it was like, I'm pretty sure I'll never make more than a thousand dollars ever <laughs> in my life yeah, ever right. again. <laughs> Combined. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and now, now it's just like, wow, all of that was possible for me. Like all, everything that I've created has been possible all along. And I had to do the work and not that the people struggling are not working hard because we talked about that. We know they're working really hard, but I think, you know, working on the mindset, working on the belief that it's possible, continuing to show up after failure and, you know, look, do the hard looking in the mirror of like, what do I need to do differently next time I try this because I'm going to keep trying this. And to just continue doing that, continue taking those steps forward and reaching out for help when needed, you're going to do it. I love that you wrote to me that you wanted to encourage all women that they don't have to settle for something. And I think 
it's not a, just a female thing, but definitely probably predominantly women and very predominantly moms. Mm-hmm. We just tend to, you know, we're just handling everything kind of. Yeah. Like when people are like, how do you do such a good job? I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> how do you do it all? <laughs> oh, I'm just a whiz at everything. That's how. <laughs> because we all see our own shortcomings that other people seem to be blind to. And we're super hard on ourselves. And I don't even know if the word settle is right, but just sometimes cope is the right word instead of settle. We could plug in a lot of different words there. Yeah. But you're right. Like you actually can have it all and do it all. And it can look really awesome and happy and wonderful and be catered exactly to you. It just takes, it just takes a little bit to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And when I think about those words, like you don't have to settle for something. I really think of me doing my door to door sales with a baby in a stroller and thinking that's all there was for me. And that that's sad. Yeah. And it is sad. Of course, it's not sad now because I see what came of it. But for people who are there who, or even like network marketing or whatever, who are just like, well, this is the only option to like have the kind of life I want. And I remember the reality of doing network marketing and it was not as beautiful as (laughs) portrayed. I did not get a pink Cadillac (laughs) when I did it. There, there were no trips yeah. to the Bahamas. Well, I was even successful in it, but again, it felt like a, you either do the corporate nine to five slog and live paycheck to paycheck, or you're doing this. And that's false. Like it's just, it, that, those aren't the only two choices and not enough people are saying that. And I think that there's a lot of women out there who feel like they have to make this choice and either one's going to be a struggle, you know, like I'm going to go to work and leave my baby to be raised in daycare, which I don't want to do, or I'm going to be staying at home, pinching pennies and saying no to Starbucks because we don't have the money. And I just hate that. Like, I just, I don't want that to be somebody's only two choices and whether they are, you know, feel like they're meant to be an entrepreneur or not, I think there's a lot of options to have a business that will really work for them. So that's, that's my message. <laughs> I love how excited you are about other people doing the same thing you did without as much of the struggle. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And thank you for being honest about being a mom, because I really respect and appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. This has been a great conversation. You know, my business name being, to be honest, I love to have really honest conversations. Absolutely. It's so important. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to get naked with us. If you'd like to bear it all with me, get in touch. Your story is unique and valuable. Let's show it off.